For anyone who attended WTSR's underground sessions back in September, you should be familiar with a band called This Holy Rodeo. And for anyone who isn't familiar, keep on listening because I interviewed a few members of the band, along with our music director, Julia Landy, about their upcoming single, Dig, which is coming out Friday, November 12th. And you'll be able to hear it right here on WTSR. And this is how the interview went. Um, first question, we just wanted everyone to introduce yourselves. Who are you as a person who you are? Okay, who am I? Um, my name is Chris. And I sing and write the songs and play some of the instruments in the band This Holy Rodeo. And um, it was like mostly like my brainchild, but these fellas helped me put this whole thing together. And uh, um, that's about it. Is there anything Sorry else you can add to that? He's cute. Um, He's cute. He's real cute. We can, we can get into that later. Um, <laughs> you want to go next, guy? Sure. Uh, I'm Guy or Gaetano. Either is fine. I play the drums uh, and that's all. That's all I do. That's it. Very modest. <laughs> My name's Mario and I play the bass. Nice. Did you really want to say it like that? Like <laughs> the bass? I did, yeah. yeah. I made the choice and I'm running with it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so is um, who came up with the band name? We noted, me and Julia, we took note. You guys seem to like punctuation, especially exclamation marks, as well as the single, which we'll get into later. So is that kind of a collective thing? Uh, the name of the band, uh, well, I, have to, I can't take all credit for it, but it came, uh, it came from a poem that I read uh, by the poet Hafiz, who was a Persian poet. Um, the it's from a, a translation by the uh, translator Daniel Ladinsky. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. Um, the poem is called Narrow the Difference. And uh, uh, if, if you look it up, you can like read it. And they, he mentioned like this line, an outrageous holy rodeo begins. And he's talking about in this poem how uh, you know him playing music pure of heart narrows the difference between him and his version of, of God or a deity. Now, I'm not a religious person, but that spoke to me. In a, in a very strong way. So um, I was like, well, you know, coming from the old band that we used to be called the Scissorfish, I wanted to do something that I felt uh, was a little bit more, you know, had more purity to it, had like more of a sense of like, you know, a little less jaded uh, perspective and a little bit more desire to connect to something. Um, I'm once again, I'm not a super, I'm not a God guy, but I relate, I relate to his idea of like a higher power. So that was where the name came from, This Holy Rodeo. I like the idea, too, that it supplied the band with, uh, like, it's an event. It's not just, like, a, a, a band. It's, like, a, an experience you go through, which I think uh, kind of speaks to what we've been trying to work through with our stage show. In terms of the weird punctuation, I like the idea of capitalizing holy so that it could be, like, an acronym that we could change and, and you know, whenever we want because that's fun. And then ex putting an exclamation point at the end of rodeo just looked better, in my opinion. Uh, the scissorfish had a period at the end of it. I don't know why. I just when you put like punctuation on things that don't need punctuation and you do it the right way, it's very aesthetically pleasing to me. These guys didn't, I think, vibe with it as much as I do, but I think it's pretty cool. And uh, it also, I don't know, I think it just pops out more when you look at it. And it's like you know, this holy rodeo, and it's like a, it's a big. 
uh, exclamatory event. And that's what I have to say about that. Awesome. You, so you were talking about um, the quirkiness of your band name, if you will. And I noticed the um, the title for the new single is similar. Was it a similar mindset in approaching that title? And also like, um, just because I listened to the single, I noticed like sounds of like shovels and stuff in the middle, which is cool. So how do you link like the title with the concept of the single? Because I felt like there was something there. So. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, one like the most basic answer I can give you is like, you know, uh, because we live in our postmodern society of like people are playing with the capitalization of song titles and stuff like that. Like there's plenty of artists that are like doing all lowercase or doing all uppercase and stuff like that. So we're, I, I think just number one, it's just more interesting to sort of experiment with the way that you punctuate and the way that you capitalize the song title. So for me doing dig in all caps, number one, uh, for the song, like it, it, it made a lot of sense because like the, the whole, you know, like you said, there's a shovels in it. There's a lot of like literalism in the music in terms of like digging, uh, going downwards and shoveling yourself out as well. Uh, so just putting it like this big in your face, dig all exc ex exclamation, uh, made more sense. Um, cause it's, it's not like a, a subtle idea in the song at all. It's very much like a screaming in your face sort of thing. And I literally scream it in your face during the chorus and everything too. So it, it makes sense. Uh, how that connects to the, the actual song, uh, that would be, well, I don't know if you want me to get into that, but I can. We can, yeah, we can talk about the single now. So it's coming out next Friday, correct? It is coming out November 12th. November 12th, okay. I yeah. think that's around like two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Um, you talked about a little bit with like the shovel sounds. Um, I'll take, okay. So Julia, she was kind of asking about the underlying story of the song and uh, yeah, I guess you can get into, you mentioned that you write mostly the songs. Mm -hmm. These guys help me like um, flesh things out, you know, especially like, uh, especially on the drums, Gaetano like really helps me like get a really cool idea going. But in terms of like coming to the guys with a mostly finished song, it's yeah, I bring that to them. So I just wanted to know when, when did you first, how long ago, I guess, did you first conceptualize this song and how has the process been getting to the point where you are now? Okay. So I'm going to try to say this in the most concise way because it's a long story, but you can get into it if you want. All right, let's, let's go for it. Let's, 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 go, it. let's go deep. Um, so uh, these, uh, Gaetano will probably remember that the song Dig was maybe one of the first things I ever showed him actually. Um, it was one of the first songs we ever worked on when we were like 18, maybe even 17, uh, when we first met and dig deep, if you will, XD. Excellent job, Julia. Uh, <laughs> um, so it was one of the first things I actually had brought to him, the, the original opening riff. Um, so I had actually written that song when I was 16, or at least the bones of it when I was 16. And back then we started a band called The Scissorfish, which has an album out called The Collective that was with most of the same people in this band, but not all of the same people. Uh, so that band, um, for many reasons, mostly because I wasn't being artistically true to myself and was doing a lot of things I felt wrong and making a lot of mistakes, uh, died and we started the, this Holy Rodeo thing as like a brand new project. And for me, uh, it made the most sense 
to like um, say goodbye to that that era of songwriting and that era of me as like a, a an artist um, with a song that was actually the, like the first thing that I ever showed them. And uh, so, but th- now I approached it with you know having more experience recording, having more experience writing, um, having you know composed for film, having like studied more in school music. So taking like this old idea and then having like a completely new perspective on it and a new way to approach it and a new way to actually bring it to life, uh, I think uh, was what made it such an interesting task for me because most of the time when I listen to my old songwriting, I want to throw up or like, you know, uh, there was a time Gaetano and I were at like a, hanging out with some of his friends and they were like, can we put your old band on? You know, let's listen to it. And I was like, nah, don't, don't man, don't do it. You know? Because when you write songs when you're 16 years old and you read back the lyrics, you kind of want to just throw up and cry and uh, never write a song again. And so that was tough. And what was nice about this song was being able to come back to it uh, with a completely new perspective and completely new set of skills, essentially. And So you, um, mentioned, you mentioned that you were 16. How old are you now? I'm 20. Oh, okay. So the pa- it's been like... I guess you could say, would you say it's like been a work in progress the past five years or is it more of like you like weren't working on it and then you came back to it? Songwriting is like, for me at least, it's not like there's an element of it that's like a sit down and just do work part. And then there's a part of it where like, if you're like just keeping your mind open and you're living your life, you're also in some ways kind of writing. So like, I think uh, I wasn't, like cognitively working on it that entire time or anything like that but I think just by like virtue of growing and learning more and writing other songs and playing more shows and recording those other songs and learning about that and uh going through a lot of painful uh you know changes uh as a person uh was part of the process Mm. Yeah, I'll cut in real quick too and just say about uh, Dig in particular, like, I mean, we perf- we've performed it in various like conceptions at various points over time. Like when we first, when we first showed it to us, um, when we first started the band, it was like a very different vibe and it was pretty much only like the bass riff um, that like opens the song at that point. And then, I mean, like during quarantine before we ended the Scissorfish, we played Dig at a show um in like a very different sort of structure and format or like certain elements elements of it were pretty different um and so I like yeah so like it's been around and like sort of cropped up it's been finished maybe like 10 times you know um (laughs) but uh you know that's sort of like I mean that's what's kind of been fun with it though is that like it has developed in so many different ways I mean like we really know the song in and out and like everything feels very like specific you know I mean, like, it was one of those things, like, when we went in to record it, it was, like, not that difficult of a process, because we knew, like, for the most part, everything we wanted. Chris, not so much, but I knew everything I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm uh, notorious for, like, recording something perfectly fine and then throwing it out 400 times, because it's not, you know, it's not this stuff. Sorry, <laughs> I was gonna say that's a good segue into talking about the recording process. Could you guys talk about writing the song? Do you guys um record the music yourself, or do you go to a studio or anything? Or if you just want to talk generally about like what it looks like recording um a new song that you've written? Sure. Um. So, 
in the past with the scissor fish before we were this holy rodeo um we would record with uh alan uh who's not here right now but we would record like in his house in his dorm and stuff like that because he had a bunch of equipment and uh that was good for us at that juncture um but now what we do at least what we're working on doing is we'll record like i'll make demos at home all day long that's pretty much what i do i just like sit on my computer and make demos um just recording at home and then what we'll do is we'll get together and the band will record the song with like you know alan's equipment and we'll just do our best to get a, a good idea of how it's going to sound and kind of that way i can sit with the band demo of it and have a really good idea of what i want it to be like once we get the studio and then we go to the studio and then we finally record it like you know as as good as possible the reason we do that is because like gaetano alluded uh i'm it's very easy for me to waste a lot of time just like listening to something and like you know uh, thinking about it and thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it, and changing things last minute. So if I have a good idea of the song before we go into the studio, we can save a lot of money because I've actually sat and thought about it uh, as much as possible. But that doesn't stop me from still changing things in the moment and making people want to like cut my head off. Also, I'd say like not that we have the money to really experiment in the studio, but like working with a professional, like a producer, just facilitates like experimentation or like getting closer to what we want like I mean like and especially like when we recorded the single because Alan wasn't in the band at the time Alan is sort of like our recording guy you know he gets it more than we do um but he wasn't with us so I mean like a lot of the recording process was us going like yeah can you like make it beefier or like make it crazier you know like all these like sort of vague terms and like having a person there who like knows how to physically do that with like EQ is really helpful um so that was also pretty helpful yeah but stepping up to like a professional recording environment was a huge benefit no surprise that when you recorded with people who studied how to record it sounds better so that was cool um we so we recorded it at backroom studios with kevin antriassian um and uh i'm pretty sure you say his last name and then we also finished some of it up uh, at Mixolydian Studios with Don Sternecker. So shout out to both of those people. Very good studios. If anyone's a musician that's listening, you should check them out. Very reasonable and very knowledgeable fellas. <laughs> that's cool. And you also mentioned, um, I mentioned uh, wanting to experiment more with sounds. I know you guys said you don't have necessarily the money to go crazy with it, but I noticed again in the single, there's like some playing around with like the background noises. So it's like, again, feels... I guess like more is going on than just a song. Uh, is that something you guys are looking to push forward as you're like writing new music? Obviously, I know you wanted to change the name of the project and obviously like take on a different artistic persona, I guess. Is that something you wanna talk about? Uh, so you ju you're just asking essentially like adding more uh, experimental sounds? Is that is this what yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. Uh, we want, we all, all of us have a, a huge fondness for things that like screech and sound terrible and hurt your ears. like. There's a huge love for that. I mean, um, the amount of times people have like gotten in my car and then like wanted to shuffle like my Spotify and then it's just like screeching or like, you know, claws on a chalkboard or something. And people are like, how do you listen to this? I'm like, I don't know. I guess I'm just quirky. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we, we love, we love really weird sounds. We love stuff like that. Um, it's it's like another element of music that like theory doesn't necessarily explain so like we're all pretty theoretically driven and we've all like studied that stuff pretty well um 
So for me, like it's exciting to have like an element of music that isn't something that's like, well, it's not a chord, it's not this, it's not a substitute, it's not that, it doesn't have a name, it's just like a screeching synth. And it creates like new textures that a lot of music um, misses out on and, and is a, it's a whole other uh, kind of uh, layer of songwriting that is excellent. So yeah, our, our, all of our music is absolutely going to have um, a, a fondness of uh, non-traditional sounds. Um, and in this song, there's like shovels, there's some very strange synthesizers, there's some like walls of distorted synth. There's like, um, you know, we're like parts where we're using like parts of the drum for like extra percussion that you don't usually record, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. And then like adding extra per percussion instruments and stuff like that here. So yeah, we, uh, we like diversity, especially because like, like I said before, it's like we are in an age of music that's very postmodern. That is, uh, you know, every, you throw all the, the rules out the window now, you're really supposed to like mix as many colors as you can. So um, it makes sense to not, you know, be held back in any way. Yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about the more um, unconventional music style. Would you agree that it's like unconventional? That's... I feel like if I say that without you saying it, it's really pretentious. But I would okay, say, I'll yeah, say. it's unconventional. It's maybe, yeah, it's maybe a little out there. Yeah, so... When you guys performed at Underground, I was at the show. Um, that was the first time I was ever hearing anything from you guys. So I feel like it was a little bit, I guess, I guess I could say, yeah. Um, it was a little bit of a shock because I was like, <laughs> I'm not used to music like this. But then as it went on, I was like, okay, I think I get it. And it's working. <laughs> um, I would almost describe it. I was thinking about this earlier today. This is going to be like a, a big... Um, what's it called a big comparison but I feel like the song dig is um at least like the style reminds me of like a bohemian rhapsody type thing <laughs> okay <laughs> I'll take it I yeah I think I it's a compliment because <laughs> just like the unconventionalness also it's like the song's like almost six minutes which as well as bohemian rhapsody um but anyway um yeah, I just wanted to mention that to any listeners who aren't um, aware of like what you guys sound like. Um, yeah. Also, I wanted to ask if you like, who are your biggest music inspirations and do you see that reflected in your sound? Um, okay, well, do I see my biggest influences reflected in my sound? Yeah, definitely. There's no way because like art is not made in a vacuum if anyone tells you. I, I come up with everything myself, man. I'm really original. Just hit them in the face and tell them to stop music because they're lying. Uh, literally everything you do is going to inspire you. So, uh, yeah. Um, our biggest inspiration is a harder question to ask because, like, we're, we're all into a lot of different stuff. Um, like, I like pop music. I like uh, really out there weird music. And these guys are pretty much the same. Everything in between. I think I, I could be more easily categorized by what I don't like, which is just, I think, music that's inauthentic or, or music that doesn't try to do something new or present an idea in a fresh way. I don't like anything that's super cliche. I don't like anything that's, like, uh, boring. Um, and I don't like anything that doesn't, um, you know, make me feel invigorated. That doesn't mean I can't like slow music. It doesn't mean I can't like you know, uh, very stripped down music. Cause I love a lot of stuff like that. I just, um, have a 
hatred for when I listen to a songwriter and I can hear in their songwriting, there's like a deliberate attempt to make something more accessible uh, in like a cynical way. You know, I, I, I expect more from my artists, you know, as much as I would expect people that listen to us to expect a lot out of us. You know, you should be offering the best and most interesting thing you can and you should be working as hard as you possibly can whenever you make a, a, a piece of art, um, you know. So that's, I think that's the best way I could answer that. I don't know if these guys want to name specific people if that helps. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know about specific people, but I do think that like a big part of like being a member of this band is like just sort of having fun in terms of that. Like we're constantly showing each other new music and constantly like showing each other new like musical ideas and in terms of like the unorthodoxness of the music a lot of that is just sort of us like messing around and like making each other laugh you know and like doing goofy stuff it's a similar thing like when we come up with ideas for the stage show like it's always sort of like what do we want to do or what what do we think would be fun or funny like I mean there's a I don't know when this is coming out but today on the 29th of October tomorrow we're playing a show and we're debuting like a song that we haven't played before and a big part of that song is like this section towards the end and like we all like sort of collaborated on like this idea for it that's like sort of a goofy silly idea to do with the music but like we you know and like we think it'll be really fun and funny to do live I mean like we don't know how it's going to go I think it'll be great but like you know I mean it's just like it's sort of about like what we think will be fun and like how can we execute that in terms of like incorporating stuff that we like I think it's all just about like sort of whatever we think is really cool and excites us and like taking elements of that and then just like tossing them around to each other and having fun with it you know like uh the last practice we had like we at once we ended we just like sat there for a little bit and just like goofed off with like really really stupid ways to play like certain parts of the songs you know just like for fun because like we could you know <laughs> and like i think we all really enjoy being in a band too that like facilitates that like musical goofiness where we can be like yeah do that and i'll do this and it'll sound stupid but it'll be like fun you know <laughs> That, that being said, for Dig, I spent, I just spent seven months listening to Bohemian Rhapsody because I'm like, I'm just going to make a better version of this. <laughs> that's so funny you say that because I actually felt like it reminded me a lot of another epic from the year 2012. That's about five minutes long. Um, are you familiar with the artist Taylor Swift? It, it was giving like all too well by Taylor Swift, the, the build and the emotion. Would you consider your music Swiftian? I would absolutely consider our music Swiftian. Um, our music. Awesome. I, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to Red Taylor's version. Um, hopefully, she'll bring you guys on tour because she'll see the see the see the influence. I think, I think she will. I think. Listen, if you like Taylor Swift, there's no way you're not gonna enjoy a, a six minute song where I scream, and there's loud, angry synthesizers. There's and time signature changes. There's no way you're not. Taylor Swift has done that since she was 16. You're yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. You dragging for no reason. I just I saw the opportunity to talk about Taylor Swift because it's on my mind. But um, you guys talked about a dig a lot. Do you have any other upcoming projects that people like singles? Um, anything you're working on that people can look forward to? I know we're still a couple weeks out from Dig coming out, but is this like you guys kind of ramping up, putting out more music now? Uh, absolutely. Um, it's tough and expensive to do so like we're trying to take our time a little bit to, to make back some more money but uh i can say and uh gaetano's reminded me very coyly and i'm pointing it out which makes it less coy 
uh, <laughs> that we have a music video that I've been working on for like more than six months, maybe like eight months, uh, for Dig. That's like a very intense project. Nearly killed me and the killed the filmmaker and I, not me and the filmmaker. Nearly killed us uh, in trying to do it. It's a very elaborate project, um, but it's going to be very cool. That'll be coming out. Uh, um, there's no set date on that, but it'll probably be a, a week or two after the, the song is released. And I hope you guys check that out. Um, I'm very proud of it. It's, uh, intense and crazy, uh, and is very thematic. Uh, and then beyond that, in terms of working on new songs, yeah, we're literally actually meeting tomorrow to like work on a demo for the next song that we're, we're going to be doing, um, which is a song called, I mean, maybe it'll change, but it's called Here's How to Properly Execute a Killing. It's like four or five minutes and also goes through a lot of uh, uh, movements and changes in it. But this one I think is a little bit more, you know, straight ahead, groovy kind of thing. So yeah, and then, you know, we have plans to just record as much as we possibly can because this is what we want to do. And play as much as we can. Come see This Holy Rodeo live in a town near you. Or We're also... Invite us to your town. Yeah, Pay us invite us. money. Buy merch as well. Yeah. Buy this cool. Yeah. Follow us on TikTok too, because we're gonna post a lot of TikToks. Yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> so that's what the people have to look forward to. I should also mention though the vol the volatile nature of our stage shows. Like we do try to have a difference between any time that we play live, you know. So yeah. Like we do try to do a whole show as we're playing live that might have some sort of a plot line or not, might have some sort of a through line and whatnot. And we're always like brainstorming ideas for those live stage shows and on how we can change them, what bits can we add to them that we think the other people, that the audience might like or whatever. Yeah, so that's I mean, always like, fun to look forward to. Yeah, you're totally right. Like from what you guys saw at WTSR, that was literally our first time playing as this Holy Rodeo, actually. So uh, you, you were seeing the, the beginning of it. Uh, so that was like the proto idea, and it's already like very different. There's a lot, new, a lot of new things and a lot of changes and a lot more tightening up. So like, if you've seen us once, don't think you know what's going on. All right, it's you never change. You never know what you're gonna get with this holy rodeo. Yeah. Maybe maybe you show up and you'll get to throw stuff at Mario. Who knows? Yeah. You yeah. Might maybe just... a, a bag full of beans. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you might just get to do that. Beans. Maybe. And maybe we'll cover Taylor Swift. You don't know. You don't know. Don't, don't know. freaking know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget. All, we'll all the way to MSG, baby. Yeah. Once we play Madison Square Garden, we quit. So if you don't okay. like us, help us get there. Please. No. Wait, wait, wait. Us playing Madison Square Garden would be yeah, Dream big, dream big. Us playing MSG would be predicated on so many favors and people being paid off that there's no way we could also pull Taylor Swift. But listen. <laughs> Maybe he'll want to for you guys. Have you ever considered that? Uh, really giving soul. Yeah. I know. Julia might Julia might be right in that if we do start covering her, she might recognize us and might invite us to open for her she, she at MSG. Hashtag Tay lurking on social media. She does. She goes through it like fan what? posts. I had a Taylor Swift fan page back in the day, so I know this stuff. <laughs> what song do? What song should we cover? Um, Cassie, Cassie, what do they go for? Like old school T Swizzle? Um, like I'm yeah. thinking like better than Revenge. 
Okay. I was literally just thinking that. Our minds, um, our minds over really Zoom. So it's really good for a group of men to cover a really misogynistic song. What? Why? Um, why? Why should we cover that song in, in particular? What about us uh, makes that song? We'll make that song. Sing. I don't know. Did Joe Jonas like leave you for another girl? He did actually. Yeah, I think you guys can relate to it a lot. Okay, cool. Unrelated, but who are your favorite pop artists? And why is it Taylor Swift? Don't feel pressured to say Taylor Swift. Do feel pressured to say Taylor Swift. Of today? Taylor Swift. Um, or like of all time. Or, yeah, I mean, okay, I hey. guess. Oh, God, dude. Oh, there's so many good ones. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, all right. Like, the easy answer, the Beatles, the Beach Boys, like, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Brian Wilson, all the melodies, all that stuff blows my mind. I literally, like, yesterday was, like, studying pet sounds for the hundredth time and, like, you know, transcribing it. That's what I do all day. Bible study. Bible study. Yeah. Um, we're a big fan of Christian rock, too. Uh, we really love Christian rock music. The <laughs> Christian, it gets Christian. We have, don't, don't we have a Christian rock show at uh, WTSR or something? I think we so. We're we should. Please let us play. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we're not a bunch of godless heathens. We're, we're God-fearing beautiful people no what chris meant to say about the whole pop artist thing though is that taylor swift is the best taylor swift is the best. taylor swift if you like my little pony then i think there's no chance in heck you're not gonna like this holy rodeo uh now our favorite modern pop artist let me see if i can uh, pull a name up real quick who did i like last um I really enjoyed the last uh, weekend project. I thought that was really good. I like Frank Ocean a lot. I think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, when people say pop artists, I just say anyone that's like on the charts. So like, I mean, I love like Kendrick Lamar and stuff. Tyler like the Creator. Tyler the Creator's last few records have been amazing. I don't think anyone would really disagree. I think almost everyone loves him. He's fantastic. Um, yeah. So stuff like that. A lot of women? popular music. Any women? Any women? Yeah, what the heck, Chris? Okay, uh, Dua Lipa's great. Um, Charlie XCX. Um, who else? Um, actually, you told me that you weren't that into Charlie XCX once when we were hanging out. Yeah, I actually recently re-listened to her, and like it, it kind of grew on me. So like I'm. All men do is lie. All men do is lie. I don't know if Adrian Lanker counts as like a pop artist, but she's like a folk singer that I think is just one of the greatest songwriters of our generation right now. She's yeah. Oh, you know who else is great? Poppy is amazing. Um, uh, who else do I love? Uh, Bjork is like one of the greatest singers of all time uh, in terms of female artists. Uh, Pink yeah. Panthers, I also really love. Yes, she's great. Yes. Uh, Nina Simone, in terms of like going back in the day, is one of my favorites. Janis Joplin, uh, oh my god, oh dude, there's so many. <laughs> uh, when he's a male feminist, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna list as many f- as females as many women, just period. Just listen. I'm an ally, ladies. Mm. Uh, Sophie too. Sophie's one of my favorites of all time. Sophie's so good. Well. I thank you for your guys' time. This has been fun. Um, I'm glad at WTSR, like you said, we saw the beginning and it's all up from here. Am I right? Uh, thank you guys for having us. Super appreciate it. Whoopsie woo, we forgot. 
You can follow This Holy Rodeo on social media, such as Instagram, Twitter, and also Facebook at This Holy Rodeo. That is spelled T-H-I-S-H-O-L-Y-R-O-D-E-O. We also have a website where you can subscribe to our email list so you never miss anything about the rodeo. That website is www.thisholyrodeo.com. Okay, goodbye.